No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 14, coming at you from the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room, 108th and Harrison, Livingston, Nebraska, by the way. Come visit it. Post-Wisconsin, heartbreak in Madison, Wisconsin, once again, losing the game. Nebraska is losing the game again. 35-28. But it was close. I mean, it was. Ding. Uh, Just a one-score loss. I'm not. Listen, Mike and I went. It was it was a fun time. Uh, we didn't get spit on. No uh, urine thrown at us. <laughs> there was just one smart-ass comment. Some guy who walked by Mike and I, and he said, "Maybe next time, Big Red." And I go, "Maybe or maybe not." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who cares? You got me. <laughs> oh glory. Yeah, I mean, overall, fans were really nice. We actually yeah. ran into a really cool fan uh, the night before the game, and he had said that to us, he's like, hey, I just want to let you know, um, I went to Lincoln, Nebraska for a game, and that was the best fan atmosphere I've ever been a part of. He says, I tailgated with you guys. Yeah. Some guy you know, made me food, brought me drinks, uh, wine and dined me the entire time I was there. And even though we beat you guys, you know, they, they were just so respectful to us. And I just, I really want to return the favor. I was like, I think this guy's, you know, fucking with us. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, uh, well, you know, yeah, we're sitting here talking. He's like, okay, let's go take shots. So then we go over and uh, he bought us some beers. He bought us some shots. And the guy was just really nice guy. He was actually a genuine dude that when he gets to Lincoln next year, I got his number. We're going to do the same thing for him. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. So Wisconsin made it eight in a row. Eight in a row. Dang it. Uh, that, <laughs> dang it. At least it's not nine. That's two. Yet. That's two presidents, two terms. Dang it! We haven't beat them since Obama was president. <laughs> it's just like uh, you. I was telling Mike, you know, like okay, so the final play of the game happens, like in the moment, in the moment. I'm like, yeah, technically it was pass interference, but I think about all the other things that happened in the game. And I'm like, this is all anyone's going to talk about is the, the last play of the game with Xavier Betts getting hit on his backside, which was technically pass interference. But then, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue that at all. But it's just people are going to gloss over the freaking kick return. They're going to gloss over the two interceptions. They're going to gloss over, I don't know how you can, Braylon Allen looking like a freaking freight train. Uh, you know, all that other stuff happens. So after that last play, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you kind of put yourself in that position to begin with. You know, people are going to be mad about the lack of timeout use. I'm like, yeah. Not his fault. I, that Scott was doing everything perfectly on that drive till the holding call. That holding call just. And, and it, yeah, so now hindsight's twenty twenty when you're like, yeah, you know, the clock management was bad. Scott was right. I mean, he was moving the ball down the field, had no problems. We actually mm-hmm. had a good game before that freaking holding call. And he was doing everything perfectly where Wisconsin was going to have a chance to get the ball back and he was going to go for two. And you were saying that the fans are you know, going to gloss over all the big red flags, but surprisingly the person who didn't gloss over it was Scott Frost. Normally he's, you know, excuse galore, need the break, but he said himself, yeah. you can't give up a kick return for a touchdown. You can't let a running back, you know, run for 10 yards of carry on you. And, mm-hmm. and so, and I think he, this is another progression by Scott Frost. Yes, we lost another close game. Dink. But I think he's understanding. And and he, when he said, you know, like it needs to be fixed, he he didn't just say it, it, it needs to be fixed. At, at the end of that, he said it's going to get fixed. So obviously the season's a loss, but, hmm. you know, it, it, whatever. You well, know, like, yeah, I mean, Kyle, what were you what were you saying to me before we, we started recording? What'd you say? So looking at the Wisconsin game, for the first time this season, we saw the offense answer the bell. They responded to every single score that Wisconsin threw at us. They kept us in the game, and it just seemed like the defense just didn't have that edge. And for the whole season, now we've seen a non-complimentary football, right? All season long, we've been saying the defense is the one that's saving us every game, and the offense is the one that's blowing it. And then finally for Wisconsin, it was like, okay, the offense is keeping us in it, and the defense, you kind of blew it. Well, it was nice because, I mean, Wisconsin is technically – is going to be the best defense that you face all year. Oh, yeah. Easily. And uh, they racked up yards like they always do. But then it's just the two turnovers 
and the lack of production in the red zone again. So, you know, there, there's all these, teams. Well, of course. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you heard all these stats about how this was the most yards Wisconsin gave up since Nebraska back in 2019, and then you hear Ohio State's name. So racking up yards is not the problem. It's just no. all the the – the brain worm moments. Yeah, it's, I like the, to call it's, them. it's the execution in the little. It's the little details that you just don't have right, yeah. and that's been all year long. I think what's important too is uh, we look at the rushing game uh, from Wisconsin. We always know Wisconsin produces great running backs year after year, and I just don't think we really keyed in on that on defense. And maybe we did, and it just didn't really we didn't execute it well, or just wasn't as efficient. Missed tackles, but, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to uh, assume. That those guys will rack up yards and you and they're gonna get those points on the ground. Yeah. And I will say, um, something that gives me a little bit of hope for the future is that a lot the, it was a young it was a young linebacker room, right? You had JoJo sitting out, um Isaac Gifford. Isaac Gifford was in like Blaze Gunnerson was out there a lot. Uh, yeah. The so it was a it was it was a it was a few guys that were in um critical positions that haven't played a whole lot of football. And so they had a really nice taste uh heading into next year. Like going up against Wisconsin offense every year is probably pretty difficult for those linebackers. So I mean that, that gives me a little bit of hope moving into next year. Well, and shifting to the defensive line, you know, we had a lot of guys banged up, it looked like, and uh that's gonna be the case this game is or this week as well you know without Damian Daniels that game really just took a turn and yeah. you know it, it's providing <clears throat> the 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 size that he provides in the middle is is very glaring when uh when he's not there so it, it sucked I mean it was good to see like Nut, Nash Hutmacher get in the game it was not masher <laughs> not masher <laughs> the polar bear it was good to see him in the game it was good to see Blaze Gunnarsson in the game um I would like to see on Friday, I'd like to see a little bit more Jamari Butler. Um, you know, we recruited him to be a edge rusher. I don't think I think Blaze is closer to a Garrett Nelson type player where he yeah. doesn't have the athleticism to get to the quarterback. Not nearly as good as Garrett Nelson. Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, Garrett did get a sack. Yes, he did. And he and, and he went nuts. Look, I'm telling y'all. Look, the the joking about Garrett Nelson. Y'all are gonna eat your words next year. Well, I'm he'll, telling you. Here's the thing about Garrett Nelson. Uh. I hate seeing him out setting the edge. I can't. I can't watch him set the edge anymore because it doesn't get set <laughs> at all. You, I mean, plays with heart. I know. Um, but we're gonna talk more about this game. We've got we got a nice guest coming up, a decorated pro, ex Husker who's won a couple natties with us. Eric Warfield played with the Chiefs for a really long time. Um, he's gonna talk to us about this Wisconsin game. That being said, let's go to the Eric Warfield interview. Uh, well, Eric, I'm assuming that you are still a, an avid follower of Nebraska football. So yeah. uh, Mike and I, we, we made the trip to Madison, Wisconsin. It was a pretty good time. What were your impressions of the game? You know, what stood out to you most? Just kind of give your, your overall kind of overarching thoughts of the game, if you could. I mean, the first half was decent. Um, you know, going into the halftime tie at 14-14, um, you know, both sides were looking, I wouldn't say good, just decent. And the thing is, is like, you know, our team has been set to play well in every game, but we just haven't found a way to finish in the last quarter. Uh, actually, second halves have been kind of bad for us overall, but the, the last quarter, we just haven't found a way to, to finish games. And I think we have the, the players to do so. Uh, we just don't have that mentality right now to to go in and to capitalize on whatever plays are, or that that we're given. And I, I love the the talent that we have on the team. I love the the way we perform against teams that we're not supposed to be in competition with. You know, um, you know, and you go see these other teams that they're playing and they're blowing out. You know, Michigan State's and and uh, you know, Michigan uh, is is could be undefeated at this moment uh, without the breath saying that they missed the call or whatever but uh we've had some games to where uh we shouldn't be in them and yet we fought tooth and nail with a lot of these teams and uh it's just sad i wouldn't say sad but just disappointing to see the outcome of us not being able to finish and that's kind of what you got with the wisconsin game although it's just like you know we had the one guy the running back was just we couldn't handle um breaking long runs and, and doing whatever he wanted 
but we just have to find a way to capitalize on those those plays in the, in the fourth quarter. So, Well, and Scott Frost said after the game um, that we need to stop going into games thinking we can win the games and knowing we can win the games yeah, hoping, and, yeah. and hoping we can win the games. And, and you yourself obviously played on a lot of great teams. Can you talk about the mindset uh, maybe when you were here at Nebraska or just on teams that you play with in general uh, of going into a game knowing you were going to win versus hoping you were going to win? Well, I think when you play in this sport, um, I don't know if you guys play intramural sports or, or, or whatever, but I don't think you go into a game thinking you know, or hoping that you could win. Uh, you prepare You prepare each day, each week, like you're going to win. Like the expectation is to win, no matter if that team is undefeated, ranked number one, or hasn't won a game all year. Your expectation is always to win. Um, if not, then you're, you're probably not ready for the D1 competition level. Uh, so I would hope that they go into each game with the expectation and just and not a hope because we have a lot of talent on the team. You know, I love all the new guys that, that were added. Uh, I, I love the turnaround of Adrian Martinez and what he's done this year. I just read today that he's not going to be able, he's not going to play the last game. Mm-hmm. You know, and I take my hat off to him for uh, a career that he's a great career. And I don't even know if he's coming back next year, but I hope he is. I think he has another year to come back. Right. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully this is this is not his last game. I mean, because even right now, I think with the NIL rules, he could probably make more money in Nebraska than he was first in the NFL. So um, I think it'd be great for him to come back and to, to you know, try to end things on the right note instead of, instead of just with a three win season. Because um, uh, right now I think he's leading in the passing yards category um, for all time. All the quarterbacks that we've had come through here. So to come back and, and, and try to capitalize on your senior year and uh, what opportunities are presented to you uh, with whatever this NIL gives you, um, you know, I think it'd be great for him to come back. But I, I, I want to say I read something where somebody said it's his last game. So that kind of threw me off. Yeah. And so kind of going back to like the mindset of like instead of like hoping to win, you just kind of expect to win. And obviously, you know, as a national champion, at some point, like a program just clicks, right? Like maybe one year they get seven wins. And then from there, it starts to kind of snowball and it starts to build as like, okay, well, last year we won seven games. So we know we can win that. Now we expect to win eight, nine, 10 games a year. So do you think that it's kind of just like, it's just kind of like a snap, right? Like where one year you just have success and then it kind of snowballs from there or like kind of how do we get to that that point where it's like, hey, we just expect to win? So when I got to Kansas City, um, you know, I came from winning a national championship in Nebraska. So getting to Kansas City and being a part of a team that was kind of uh, kind of in turmoil when I got to Kansas City. So things are kind of falling apart. We heard some things about the coaches outside of football, some of the players and, and, and what they were doing outside of football. Uh, so it was kind of some disruption within the team and ended up, I think we only won maybe four or six games that year. Wasn't a, I wasn't used to that. You know, I came from the yeah, yeah. championships and, and, and having no losses. And so, um, but the expectation still, when you lined up against those guys in Kansas City, you were still, you know, thinking that you were going to win. Uh, it's just the outcome was different. But like the difference in Nebraska was that uh, we just knew we were going to win. And we just knew we had a better team. We knew we had better players. Yeah, you can talk about who's the Heisman hopeful that uh, runner or front runner that's probably not on our team. But at the time, I think Tommy Frazier and Lawrence Phillips were both mentioned. So we we knew we had great players. We knew we had a great team. We knew we had the best coach. Um, and I think Scott's a good coach. I think they have some really good players. Um, I think they could be a really good team with what they have. And I don't know what they're missing. Uh, but they're obviously missing something. And I, I don't know if it's, 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 you know, not having trust in one another uh, or, or the, the coach not uh, preparing them the right way or what, uh, but they're missing something. And I, I don't want to be the guy to sit there and point a finger and say, oh, the coach is not doing this, the player isn't doing that, or this player's bad. You know, that quarterback, you know, doesn't need to be there. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and ridicule my, my, my family, which is Nebraska, uh, for something that, you know, which is heavily criticized on social media. Yeah. My loyalty is to, is to the end. And I've always supported the guys since I, since I left the program and I always will. So I'm, I'm not here to beat anybody down. I just, 
you know, we all want to see Nebraska back in the top 10 and in and, and its Super Bowl, not Super Bowls, but uh, uh, championship bowl games. Uh, and it's been a long time. Uh, so, yeah, I can see and understand the frustration, but that's something that I'll never do. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, speaking of, you know, is this team missing a piece? Um, you know, very first play of the game at Wisconsin was the kickoff return for a touchdown. And it's just, you know, of course, there's that that feeling of here we go again. And, you know, you look at the season, the the lack of solid special teams play all around. I mean, in your perspective, do you think Scott needs to hire a special teams coach? Or do you think, you know, he could get by without one and you just need to get better kickers and punters on the team? What do you think about that? Well, special teams has, has definitely uh... – Hit us in the ass a few times. We missed mm-hmm. a lot of field goal kicks. We've had some, uh, you know, a couple of returns that came at crucial points to 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 take away the possible wins that we've had. So yeah, definitely uh, need to find a way of correcting that. Um, we've always found it with teams that I played on to where if you have starters that are good at special teams that can go in for plays, they go in. You know, I started majority of the game at. Uh, my career in Kansas city and I still play special teams because they needed some speed out there. You know, you have little short guys and fast guys that are have breakaway speed. So you can't just put a guy out there just to give him playing time. If the guy isn't going to help you win those games or to help stop those plays, then you can't just put him out there to be a, to be just some part of the team. Um, and I don't know that Nebraska is doing it. I don't know if, the, if they have the extra talent to put guys out there on special teams. Uh, we've all seen the missed kicks or field goals. And we <laughs> Painfully. All, you know, we, yeah, and it, it does hurt. Uh, but I think right now it's mental with him. You know, he's, he's, he suffers so much and hurts and read so much to where it's, it's probably mental with him. And I don't think he's a bad kid. It's just, you know, he, he's, he started out struggling and he's never been able to get back on track. And, and with the special teams, you know, you have guys out there that I don't think we have speed out there to catch guys or to to make those kind of plays. So is that within the coach? Most likely. Uh, who is out there to hire? I don't know. I know we have a guy in Carlos Pope that played in Nebraska that's been around in a lot of professional programs doing special teams. So he might be one to, to look at. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, special teams has been us in the ass a few times. Yeah. So, and I think one of these guys, they run like our, they run like our Twitter or whatever for the podcast. And um they tw- somebody tweeted today and said special teams have directly cost Nebraska 44 points this season, and we've lost eight games by a total of 49 points. So that's a five-point difference if you erase those. So my question is, on every team that you've ever played on, did you always ha- did you guys already always have a special teams coordinator, like an, a person assigned to just dealing with the special teams? Oh, yeah, you always have a special teams coach, and, and he has an assistant. So uh, I don't know who that coach is from Nebraska. <clears throat> So me not living there, um, it's hard for me to, I guess, analyze or, or, or say, you know, I, it's, it was hard for me to go into the season and to pick out and, and certain players because I didn't really know them. Like, I didn't get to study them. Um, yeah. You know, my Saturdays are usually trying to play 18 holes. So there was sometimes <laughs> I was in the game and, I, and I'd only get, like, the, the ESPN highlights. So, um if I'm not there, if when I lived there, it was easy because I was always around the program. I got to know the players. I got to know the coaches. So being here in Dallas is a lot different because I, I, it's hard to keep up with the team. And I'm still trying to adjust to a new area. Matter of fact, I'm, I might be moving to Lincoln here next year, too. So, right on. Um, hey, there you go. But, uh, yeah, it was it's, it's just tough being here trying to keep up with the with the program. Yeah. Well, hey, if you if you do move back to Lincoln, I mean, we've got a spot here in the tap room for you if you ever want to stop by. Plenty of seats. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are in Omaha, though, right? Yeah. 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 That's not too far. <laughs> That's true. Right, so, not to beat special teams to death, uh, but we did talk about you know a lot of this does seem to be mental with Connor Culp, especially the the field goal kicker, uh, place kicker, but we also have seen some issues with punting as well. 
Do you think that kind of mentality with, you know, all eyes are on special teams and we're looking at those woes, is that infectious inside one of those units? Because that, does that mentality spread to other players that are around it them? It can be. It can be when you don't have the, you know, 100% confidence and, and, you know, and basically your leader of the special teams was the, the kicker or the punter. Uh, so that can kind of trickle down to the, to the rest of the players if, if they know that, you know, okay, maybe we can't count on him. He's not going to make this field goal. Uh, but that's upon the coach, man. You got to find a way to either give this guy confidence or put pressure on him by bringing somebody else in. I don't care if it's a receiver and you say, hey, we can do better with this receiver at kicking the ball than what we have right now. Um, <laughs> you know, it kind of lets him know how important his job is and how important it has to be. Um, but yeah, as a coach, you have to find a way to get to this guy and connect with him, uh, both mentally and physically, because if you can't make the kicks, then uh, you've done a piss poor job at bringing in talent. Yeah. And I think Connor, to your point too, is like, you know, you look back at like Sam Fultz and the guy had like a killer mentality when it came to punting the football. It was, it was like watching a quarterback throw a touchdown. Every time he stepped out on the field, he'd have a good punt and you'd see him celebrating. You see it in other programs and things like that. Like we just seem to be missing that like killer instinct on special teams and, you know, field goals and things like that. Like, who was it, that, that Michigan State kicker that did the, like, air guitar running down the field when he beat us in, like, the last <laughs> second? You know, it's like we just you – know, I guess we just don't have that, like, killer mentality on special teams right now. We just kind of have to find that. But it started early, though. Like, our kicks our kicks started early in the season that, that you know, we had field goals that would cost us games. So that, that can hurt a kid. You know, there's still teenagers out there. Yeah. Trying to adjust to this big platform. Yeah. Okay, so for, so for this question, all right, Eric Warfield, I need to know. You're going to have to balance your answer with being a Nebraska homer, former Nebraska player, with you being a former defensive back. Was it pass interference? I guess which Wisconsin. Did, did you? <laughs> which one? Oh, come on. You know which one. <laughs> the, the last play of the game. Uh, you know. I the, thought it was. I, I totally thought it was. So, but they didn't call it. You can't argue a, a, a call. You can't go back on a play. So, yeah, I, I totally thought it was. Yeah. So, being a being a, a former teammate with Scott Frost, um, do you have a different sense of of pride watching watching this team play? And when when they are struggling like they have, do you feel? I guess. What are your what is your thoughts of the program right now? You know, obviously you played for for Coach Osborne and stability was already there. I mean, we we had stability, um, culture was already set. The everything was in the right place. Obviously, things haven't gone the way Scott has thought. And what type of change does Scott need to do to get things going in the right direction? Because obviously we're losing these close games, but we're not winning the game. So, I mean, I understand we're having yeah. close games against really good teams, but if you're not winning, obviously three and nine isn't going to be acceptable in Nebraska ever. And, and Scott knows that. And obviously you yourself would know that, you know, being, being someone who played here. So what does Scott and the staff or maybe the future staff, because he is making some changes on the staff, what do they need to do to get things right? I think Scott's a good coach. I, I take nothing from that because to be in the position that he's put this our, each and every game in for us to have a chance to win, you know, like I said, it's just on the kids that, to to pull, to see it through themselves that they have to go out and make the plays to win these games. You know, there's only so much a coach can do. He can put you in the right position, give you the right calls, but as a player, you have to know how to finish these games off. So I think that's – I really think Scott's a good coach. You know, take nothing from that. And not just because I played with him, you know, he played in Nebraska also. Uh, I just seen his, you know, his resume of what he's done uh, under certain coaches, uh, whether it's college, these guys have gone pro, whatever. Uh, Scott's obviously, you know, done, made the right steps and, and taken the right approaches to be in a position that he's in. And I think he deserves it. Now, it's just tough being at Nebraska because our fans have been spoiled for so long. You know, right. through the, the Coach Osborne era, Devaney, although I wasn't around for Devaney, I didn't understand that. But I yeah. understand how he, what he did for Nebraska. And so and Coach Osborne continued that. Now, it took him a while to get to those championships, 
but there was always those nine win seasons. So it was something always to, to be excited or look forward to because you knew he was right there at the edge of, you know, cracking that through the, to those, those bowl games, getting that championship. Um, today's society is so different. And we've gone through so many coaches to where if you can't live up to a certain level, we get rid of you, you know, and I think we pulled the, 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 the plug too early on Solich. I think we pulled the plug too early on Pelini. You know, Pelini kind of ran himself out of here with his personality and his, his anger management. Yep. Um, but he was obviously doing some good things for the program. <clears throat> so now we're here with Scott, who I thought, I'll say, I think it's a good hire so far. It's just that, to be honest, I think it's taken Adrian some time to get to where Adrian is now. And without that, the Adrian that we have now, um, you're not going to get those nine, 10 win seasons. Uh, I don't think Adrian had that confidence back then because at, at times he panicked too soon and he'd take off when he could easily step up in the pocket and make a play or he can take the big run instead of taking the sack. So now you got an Adrian that sees those opportunities and he takes advantage of it, whether it's the movement in the pocket or he's taking off for the long runs. Uh, so he's playing a lot better in, his, in this season. Uh, but yes, we need a standout players. You know, we it's, it's hard for us to get those players that Georgia and Alabama and those guys are getting. When it's hard to re recruit for Nebraska, we don't have beaches, we don't have pro teams, we don't have a lot to offer kids when they come here as a student that's gonna either make their life glamorous, something to be excited about. Uh, you know, it's, we can't recruit on what they what we did in the nineties. You know, a lot of these kids weren't born, so they don't they didn't see this. You know, you can't recruit on that type of tradition. Oh, we won these national championships. We got these players around. Oh, I don't know these guys. So you need those kind of coaches to go in and sell you on what I can do for you as a coach. I can get you to the next level. I can bring the best out of you as this type of a player. And you could be that particular player that can get us in that championship game. Uh, and we need those guys with that kind of talent and with that kind of vocal leadership. You know, when things happen out on the field, you don't have that one guy out there that's a vocal leader. Uh, we haven't had that since Dominican Sue, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, we got we to gotta somehow try to steal those kind of guys. I think that's an excellent point because right now, in my opinion, and I think probably yours as well, is our largest recruiting tool is our fan base. And like you were talking about with this, uh, we all want instant gratification at the moment, it would seem. Uh, and to have fans turn on a coach like Frost so quickly is kind of a turnoff to bring recruits in like that. Yes. Yeah, especially when you're looking at the last eight years. Hell, some I mean, some of the kids still on the roster today have been coached by like four different coaches. And exactly. it's just it, it's just a revolving door that is just I don't know. I don't know if you can just you can keep telling players like, yeah, come here. We're going to make you a standout. We're, if you're looking at Nebraska as a high school student, and you're like, okay, well, what are the odds in two years that I have a brand new head coach or I have a new assistant coach or, you know, position coach? And then is Nebraska going to be able to make me stand out like a Chris Olave at Ohio State or something like that? We have Xavier Betts, who's a great player, and I'm sure isn't even being looked at by the NFL. Hasn't even blinked at him. You know what I mean? It's because we're not yeah. showcasing these highly skilled players that we're bringing into the program. Wandale Robinson was the same way. This dude just broke a thousand yards this week. Yeah. At, at Kentucky. At another school. Right. So it's just, you know, it, it is something where it's like, what are you pitching to these kids that you don't have a whole lot? It's really just like the fan base and our facilities, which are pretty much matched by everybody in the country at this point. Well, NIL is a, a big tool. I think that will help Nebraska moving forward. I mean, we are the only show in town, and we do live in this fishbowl here in Nebraska. You know how it is, Eric. Uh, I mean, it, it's a fishbowl. It's got its pros and cons, but the, mm -hmm. since they are the only show in town, these kids are going to be compensated very well uh, to come sure. here. So, and I, I, obviously, NIL wasn't a thing, at least legally, <laughs> when, when you played. Yeah. Uh, but, but what's he laughing about? <laughs> what are you laughing about? But, but I think that should help Nebraska moving forward. I mean, these kids are going to be making some more money than they've ever seen, and that they probably will ever see in their lives, uh, just on their name, image, and likeness. So, um, I think that Ohio State, Alabama talent could start coming here once they start seeing how much these players are making, like Adrian Martinez. I mean, he's got a sponsorship with Degree for Men. You know, like. 
like you're a college kid and you're you got a sponsorship with a corporate company like degree for men like that that's yeah. that's pretty good yeah it is those and ideals go to all schools and, and i'm not saying that the opportunities won't be the same at each and every school I, you know, I like what you said like we are the only thing in nebraska so you do you might have more opportunities there so it's like how do you as a recruiter how do you sell that to a kid do you show up at a kid's house with a briefcase <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, McDonald's no. bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like this, and I think recruiting's got to be tough with all of this because now it's like you can. I don't know if you take a, a you know, this little a booklet that says, "Okay, we have all these sponsors here available to you." Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, I guess we have a kid here in Texas that skipped his senior year uh, because he was so highly recruited and didn't want to risk injuries, and he's seeing the possibilities of what's available to him in these uh, sponsors. And what kind of money he can be making. So it's tough, you know. Uh, maybe we can compete with the Alabamas and the, these schools that are getting all these five-star recruits uh, because of what we have available. So I hope that happens because uh, I'd love to see us back in, you know, back in bowl games, back in nine, ten, ten win seasons. Yeah. So on the conversation of back into a bowl game and everything like that, I think one of the things that was kind of a popular opinion amongst media members around Nebraska and then obviously us was that with this one year like leeway with Scott Frost bringing him back but obviously with some conditions we said that next year should be like boom or bust right like 100% you need to go to a bowl game and we should be looking at like eight wins right you're your your fifth year coach hopefully you're running around with a, a fifth year starter quarterback uh, and you should have developed talent enough if you're this close in every single one of these games this year that next year you should be looking at eight wins, right? And so what is your opinion on that? Like, I mean, I guess what are some, like, expectations for the year coming up? That's tough, man, because like you said, and it was you that mentioned it earlier, like, you know, as a kid, if I'm a highly scouted kid in high school, you know, I might be playing my freshman year. If I'm going to a program knowing that Scott's um, the year that I'm going to this season, he has a chance to be out of there after one year. So what, what else is my future looking forward to? Yeah, and that's a scary thing with a lot of kids coming here. It's like, OK, your turn, turnover of coaches has been kind of bad in the last few years. So, like, what kind of a program would I be going to if you can't keep, you know, a head coach there? I don't know what's going to be there the year I get there, the year, uh, the, you know, my sophomore year to my junior year, uh, because that right now that's what Scott's facing. Yeah. And it's tough because I think he, he, I, I think he, we can be a nine win season next year, maybe more, especially how we played throughout this season. I think we can bring in maybe two or three guys that could be the key op- uh, opponents to this team being in a, in, in a big bowl game. To winning those nine or ten wins, uh, I love the talent we have on defense. Uh, Britt's one of my favorites to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I love I love the talent. What we're doing on offense. The only thing with offense is with our offensive line and the, and the mistakes of, 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 of penalties. I think that when they're focused, they play well. Our, our receivers. I love you know Toure, however you pronounce his name, mm-hmm. uh, and what he's doing. So we have a lot of good talent. I think we're probably three two or three players away from, from being that nine, 10 wins, uh, season. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's look, let's look ahead to, uh, black Friday, Ugh. Iowa hate week this game <laughs> against Iowa. Um, you know, as it was announced earlier today, um, Adrian Martinez will not be playing. It will be Logan Southers taking his place. Um, against Wisconsin, there was just, there was kind of a, I don't want to say a change in the offense, but it, it was noticeable that, they went to the air a lot more. Um, they targeted their tight ends. Um, Austin Allen had a beautiful game. An NFL and day. Yeah. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. Now going looking ahead to this Logan Smothers game. Do you anticipate them sticking with this uh, new, I don't want to say new offense, but like this air it out offense? Can they do that with Logan I, Smothers? Do you think, I think it'll they be have more options? I think they have to play to his advantage. And I haven't really watched him to understand, like, what he does the best. Uh, but, yeah, we don't have, like, a, a, I won't say we don't have. We, we haven't established, like, an, uh, 
a starting running back to give us that great running game. Right. Uh, so it does kind of put us in a mixed offense of where, like, I didn't think we really had an identity. And I hate to, to look at the stat sheets for a majority of our games this season to see that our quarterback is the leading rush. Right. And that's kind of, that's kind of how it was for the, for the majority of the season. So, uh, you know, that's putting him at risk and for taking a lot of big hits, maybe injury to put him out for the rest of the season. And it also shows that, you know, that, uh, we, we don't really have, man, it, I hate saying it this way because like I, I try to support each and every guy that's on the team uh, that we don't really have that type of running back to have that running game established. And mm-hmm. what we have become a passing team uh, to where, as I said before, I just hated to where previous years, Adrian wouldn't take advantage of things that was given to him, whether the gap was over in the run or for him to make step up in the pocket and make that pass. And that this year he's done that, but it's gotten away from a running game that we really don't have. Do you like that so style I don't know of play? What is going to bring though? Do you like the style of uh, play, throwing the ball? around the yard or are you more of a pound it and punch him in the mouth type of guy? Man, I come from a, I come from an option offense, you know, <laughs> every, every, every team knew what we were running. They couldn't stop it, but it's different nowadays. So. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you saw Braylon Allen out there. I mean, gee, that freaking tank. He's 17, 17 years old. Geez. Yeah. That's that dude was a monster. He's a grown ass man. Shit. All right. Well, yeah. let me, let me ask you this. You know, we saw Braylon Allen, you know, go for over 10 yards of carry against us. Who, who's a pro running back that you absolutely just loathed going up against on Sundays? I enjoyed uh, LaDainian Thomason. Um, you played him a lot. I hate it. I hated going up against Jamal Lewis when he was at Baltimore. Dude was just a beast. <laughs> Bowling <laughs> ball. Yeah. Ravens are my favorite NFL team. And it's partly because of man. It's that that's their it's their style of play that I like. They emphasize defense and running the ball. Jamal Lewis. That is true. No he, gloves, tapes true. around the fingers. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you played with Priest Holmes, didn't you? I did. So Priest was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know what? Priest is what what kind of kept us from winning our our consecutive championships because we went into that Texas game in the Big 12 championship. Yep. Yeah. And we knew nothing about him. It was all about Ricky Williams. And we shut Ricky down, but Priest got in and just lit us up because it's some unknown guy that, you know, Ricky was the hype. He was up mm-hmm. the Heisman and all this. And Priest came in and we just didn't, didn't, didn't know what we were up against. So yep. I love Priest. Hey, <laughs> speaking of Texas. You, you're living there, right? Dallas. Yeah. How, like, how's the, how's the burnt orange fan base doing down there? What's going on? Yeah, it's oh, sad. Man, they're sick out here. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably full from all they them tears are slurping sick. up. <laughs> they're sick. So I, I'm in a group text with uh, DJ Johnson, Vince Young, and Roy Williams. And they're all Texas guys. Uh, so uh, I, I, I've had to make, we've had some, some long, uh, make fun of conversations because obviously my team is struggling Yep, and, and the way Texas has played this year, that the Oklahoma game really ate them alive to be up that much. And then just lose it. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then you <laughs> go and you get, you go and you get blasted by Kansas of all. Yeah. Kansas. Let's go. Been here in 60 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's tough. Hey, I look anytime we can end a conversation on, bagging on texas a little bit i think that's a great place to end things yeah. <laughs> ending on a high note you know what i mean uh i'm good look, with it I, we want to thank you eric for coming on the nbnr podcast anytime we can get a decorated nfl vet a uh, a well-respected husker on the pod we we appreciate it and we we embrace the opportunity so thank you again yeah can't thank you enough I appreciate you guys having me on man it was a lot of fun awesome sounds right. good man thanks eric thank appreciate you. it Thank you. See you later. We want to thank Eric Warfield once again. Go follow him on Twitter and all that stuff. Before we get into Iowa Hate Week, let's talk about Nebraska Brewing Company. We are in the tap room, like I said before. Uh, Kyle, what's what's that beautiful golden beverage that you got sitting right there? Yeah, so I've read the can uh, before. This is the Ale Storm, um, and Connor can can kind of 
elaborate on this a little bit, but I do want to say again, I'm the non craft beer drinker guy of no block, no rock. And he gave me a couple samples tonight and he can elaborate on it, but yeah, I approved of both. So we are slowly transitioning from a, a no craft beer drinker guy on no block, no rock to like somebody that enjoys craft beer. So Connor, what, what did you have me try tonight? So tonight we had you, uh, you're currently drinking the Ale Storm Blonde Ale, like you said. Uh, it's, it's a beer we make in partnership with the Omaha Storm Chasers. We worked with them for a very long time, and it is a really nice light beer. And then you got to try something new. We just dropped it like a couple days ago, actually, which was our Shake and Bake. Uh, for any fans of the movie Talladega Nights, you'll recognize that phrase. It's shake a, and Bake! Yeah! Uh, it is a, a milkshake IPA. Uh, we made it with oranges, lactose, vanilla. It's super sweet. It's not hoppy. I know IPA always scares people. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, as a non-craft beer guy, even you enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I loved it. And I love the phrase too. And it, so it just helps out as well. It's taking a little bit of work, but we're getting you there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Connor, I'm drinking the milk stout that you got here on tap. What yes. is that called? That is Bessie the Sugar Mama. It's actually- uh, <laughs> Indeed. I'm tipping my cap a little early here because uh, it's not formally announced yet, but you're getting <laughs> it. This is an exclusive release on No Block, No Rock. That yeah. is a beer that we're actually going to be putting in cans next year. It's been so popular and- We've been really excited about it, and you know it's been met with a lot of uh, love. So we're we're really excited about it. And yeah, inc- include me on that list. I love this. I love it, Mike. Well, and uh, earlier I, I switched back to some uh, more of my basic bitch s'more stuff that I drink often when I'm in the tap room. But uh, earlier uh, I was informed by Connor that I I had uh, they had won an award on the seltzer that I was drinking, so I had to of course try one. Yeah. Uh, which was the Blackberry Yeah, seltzer. so it was uh, the first ever U.S. Open for seltzers. Uh, the awards were announced this morning, uh, so it couldn't have been oh, better wow. timing. But we took a, a gold with our Blackberry and a silver with our pineapple. So, of course, we, we had to have enjoyed a few today. Uh, it just seemed appropriate. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And like we said, you know, Nebraska Brewing Company is in the seltzer game. So for those of you that aren't beer drinkers yet... Uh, <laughs> come into the tap room and uh, try some seltzers. Yeah, and like uh, like Connor would say, if you came in, Nebraska Brewing Company, world class in every glass. Yes, sir. Woo! All right, so let's get into this Iowa Hate Week. Right, we got we got a special guest coming in. Mike got a hold of this Twitter guy. Mike, who is this dude that you got coming on the pod? Uh, a lot of you guys that listen to us, uh, that follow us on Twitter would uh, probably recognize hot guy, Matt. He's a very civilized Iowa fan. So we thought it would be uh, fun and different to, to bring him on. But before we get to Indeed. the first Iowa guest on no block, no rock. Yes, sir. It is Iowa hate week boys. Indeed. And this is the only reason I started this podcast is for this week in particular. <laughs> this is this is it. <laughs> this right is here. it. This this particular thing that we're going to do right now is okay. what was my vision for the podcast, and I finally get to do it, and it's so stupid. Listen to how excited he is. <laughs> okay. He's like you guys can't. Shaking. Yeah, you guys can't see it, but it, it's kind of pathetic, honestly. <laughs> okay. All right, so Mike, you he's looking at his phone. What are we hating on? Okay, so in honor of Iowa Hate Week, we are going to. We're going to protest, and we are going to talk about the things that we hate that come from Iowa. Okay. Oh, okay? I love this. So we are going to look at the top 12 things that are from the state of Iowa, <laughs> and we are not allowed to do anything with them this week. Right. And pretty much just fuck all this stuff. Okay? Okay. <laughs> so Read the list. Okay. So starting out at number one, for those of you who didn't know, and I'm sure your local Iowa person would tell you this, sliced bread. Fuck sliced bread. Sliced bread sucks ass. <laughs> so, so fuck sliced bread. Sliced bread is from Iowa. Any of our listeners do not eat any sandwiches this week. Why would anyone create this thing of the shittiest thing since sliced bread? A bunch of cowards that won't slice it themselves. <laughs> Freaking Okay, a. moving to number two. And we won't do all 12. Moving to number two. Blue bunny ice cream. Fuck blue bunny ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I get that Casey's pint. Yes, sir. Speaking of cases. You ever heard of Good Rich? <laughs> yeah. Good I'm not lactose intolerant, but I am for this week. <laughs> All right. Moving forward here. Vending machines. For those of you that sit on your ass in the office like I do every day, you're not allowed to use the vending machines this week. Fuck vending machines. Oh, my poor, I use Amazon. <laughs> you press the button, the wrong thing comes out anyway. All right. It's all expired. <laughs> okay. Moving forward. Number four, Pinterest. So for all you basic bitches that use Pinterest, Jared, 
Fuck Pinterest. Dude. <laughs> oh, no. I've been hating Pinterest. <laughs> sure. I've been on that Pinterest hate. I've seen your account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. All right. And the number five. We'll, we'll, we'll only do five. Oh, okay. I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the, my favorite one on the list, actually. <laughs> Don't tell me it's corn. Pigs. <laughs> Fuck pigs. <laughs> Fun fact, there's about 14 and 15 billion pigs in Iowa. So, did fuck you, pigs. Did you say billion with a B? With a B. There's more pigs than people in Iowa. Well, half of them well, are half- pigs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it all kind of blends together, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It all so, just kind of. Here we are from Nebraska. Talking. <laughs> yeah. I don't we, think we can really weigh in on the whole agriculture dude, thing. <laughs> I don't think that's entirely fair. No, okay, Mike and I went to Wisconsin. We've seen, we saw a few signs. Husk this dick. And we saw, Nebraska girls are corn fed. <laughs> and what was the other one? Nebraska girls, girls fuck, fuck corn. corn. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just corn. I guess. They living, just do. Living rent free in Wisconsin, I'd have, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Eight Anyways, so that that is a We're, segment we will try to do next year for Iowa. I don't think we can do this to you guys every week because I think you guys would stop listening. But huh? it was a fun segment just to bring up things that were from Iowa that we didn't like, or now we maybe we do like, but we cannot like them this not week. this week, not this week, not this week. Mike, now that you've done your your special little Delaware freaking segment on Iowa Hate Week, let's talk to Hawk Guy Matt. Yeah, so and get a little preview going. Yeah, let's get a little preview going. Talk a little uh, Iowa Nebraska football, and uh, hopefully we have a good conversation. So, yes, sir. Let's go. Can you hear us, hockey guy Matt? I can. Can you hear oh, me? Are you, are you going to pop on your camera so we can see what hockey guy Matt looks like? We can see you flipping I, on. I got to keep the mystery. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I don't oh, like the what? mystery. It's like Batman bullshit. <laughs> Because he's got Can't Husker gear. The identity. He's, he's got Husker gear in the back. That's why. Oh, yeah. the mystery soul. I don't know why he would, but oh, yeah, more cool. power to you, hot guy. <laughs> Is hot guy a family name? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of just want to we want to get some, you know, opposing team perspective. It is Iowa hate week. Uh, for some of you guys, it's Nebraska hate week. And it, it's just it'd be nice to hear things from the other side. I mean, you guys are playing a three and eight uh, team. Yeah. Three and eight. Three, I, I, yep, it's three and eight. I'm already yeah. calculating no, three and nine, no, but don't put nine <laughs> after. Not yet, not not yet. Yet. Uh, so you're playing a three and eight team. So I just, I, we really want to just jump in and figure out how the Iowa fans feel about this game. Um, are you nervous? Well, Nebraska opens as a, they did. They were a four point favorite yeah, I believe. to open. Okay. So I mean, what's your what's your initial impression of that, right there? That Nebraska opens as a favorite, and then obviously, Adrian news. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But what is what is your opinion of of you guys being nine and two, and a three and eight team opens as a favorite? I, I wasn't surprised. I thought it was actually going to be even because it, it's kind of one of those games where I could see going either way despite your record. Four and a half seemed a little bit big. Well, yeah, I mean. Mike alluded to it a second ago, but you know Adrian Martinez is not going to play. Does that does that make you uh, more worried about Logan Smothers? Did you want to see Adrian Martinez out there? Which what's your the Hawkeye perspective on that in particular? Well, <laughs> the Hawkeye perspective and the Hawkeye Matt perspective might not be the same there. Okay, I personally right. think Adrian. I think Adrian Martinez is remarkably underrated. He's been your offense for what seems to be nine or 10 years now. Um, (laughs) I think my fan base probably was excited to see him because he is a little bit turnover prone. Um, I really think your fan is going to see that he was a lot more. Um, And and, and I I don't know much about Logan Smothers. Maybe he is you know, the second coming of Tommy Frazier. But mm-hmm. I, I just think that uh, Adrian Martinez gets a lot of crap that he doesn't deserve. Well, and Adrian, I mean, that's just, that's all Nebraska quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I, I, this isn't news to you because you, you know, you're an Iowa fan, but we live in this fishbowl here in Nebraska. 
And whoever the head guy is uh, coaching Nebraska and whoever the head guy is, that's the quarterback for Nebraska, will get all the praise in the world and will also get all the blame in the world. So Adrian Martinez, I mean, he's no different than Tommy Armstrong, Taylor Martinez, Joe Gans, Tommy Frazier. They're, they're all going to get their praises when maybe they don't deserve them, but they're always going to get the blame even when it's not deserved as well. And, and I, I agree with you. Um, Adrian Martinez is a playmaker, and he hides a lot of issues that this offense has had. I think it will be fresh to see what's behind him, but I think this will be a wake-up call for some of the fans that were also calling for his name. Like, hey, you know, like, bring the backup. Bring in Luke. Bring in Logan. Bring, you know, all the people that have been doubting him, I think this is a, a big wake-up call because I personally don't think Logan will play well against your um, top-rated defense. So I think this will be a wake-up call for a lot of those fans. And I do think that we will see Heinrich Harburg in the game as well. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. So, Matt, do you what, – what is your guys' like your media – who are they talking about? Outside of Adrian Martinez, obviously, are they talking about anybody in particular as far as like, hey, this is somebody you need to watch out for? Um, not a quarterback now. Uh, I, I would say uh, the, probably the person that scares us the most is Torre. Um, we, we heard a lot about him in the offseason. And we're like, oh, yeah, he's not that great because he came from FCS. He, he, he kind of is, actually. He, he's a really good player. He actually really showed up uh, against Wisconsin, their top-rated defense. Um, so uh, he, he scares me a bit. Yeah. Yeah, because we were just talking right before you hopped on. We were just talking like, you know, every time we play an opponent, our whole like media here in Nebraska is like, oh, we need to watch out for this defensive end and we need to watch out for this NFL prospect and all this other stuff. And then we're like, but we actually never hear of anybody else's media talking about Nebraska that way. You know what I mean? They're never like, oh, we need to watch out for, you know, Torre. We need to watch out for, you know, outside of Adrian Martinez. That's really the only person you need to actually like look out for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think part of that is because, as I said, I think the last four years, your, your offense has been Taylor, or excuse me, Adrian Martinez, almost made an ESPN uh, error. <laughs> um, he has been really the center of your offense, at least from my perspective. It's kind of hard to see what it's going to be like without him. I, I mean, we, we obviously get to see that on Friday, but I. I know your players because I interact with you guys quite a bit um, on Twitter, but I'm not sure that most people that root for my team actually know anybody beyond Adrian Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I was like afraid of. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? So I think that's honestly one of the most interesting parts of this game too, is even a lot of the Nebraska fan base hasn't seen a whole lot out of Logan Smothers. I believe this is his first career start. So it'll be really interesting to see if the offense shifts to kind of play to, uh, you know, his talents, what those talents are, or if we continue to kind of run the same set that we have been with Adrian, because it, it's not a system that lends a whole lot of uh, room for error. If you're not going to be super mobile. Right. All right. Uh, well, hey, to get your perspective, the Iowa perspective, what should uh, Husker fans be looking for from your Iowa Hawkeyes? Well, I hear you guys are really good with the whole special teams thing, right? <laughs> yeah, we're notoriously good. Mm-hmm. I just spit my beer yeah. out. <laughs> I, I would be a little bit worried about that. Um, our special teams actually is good both from a punting perspective and yeah, I'm the stereotypical Iowa fan. You can't actually talk about Iowa without talking about punting, um, but also from the return side of things as well. Well, let me say this. Um, uh, I know about Spencer Petrus and I know about Tory Taylor. There you go. But that's not even the quarterback. They got Alex Quesadilla. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well I'm, I'm making the point that I, I know who their punter is because their punter is pretty well, freaking legit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So knowing knowing the, the special teams guys and, and one name that I know for Iowa, which uh, some Nebraska fans might be familiar with is Keegan Johnson. Matt, can you talk about uh, how grateful you guys are to pull another kid from Omaha, well, Bellevue, but Omaha and uh, and bring him to the Hawkeye State and. Obviously, he'll probably be playing on Sundays just like Noah Fant. So you want to talk about him a little bit, Keegan Johnson, starting as a true freshman? So I think 
starting as a true freshman at any position under Kirk Ferentz is kind of a big deal. Um, but dude, that guy won us the game against Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. I totally um, agree. That was w- one of the most ridiculous plays. I was pretty pissed off shouting at the TV, and then I realized he wasn't down. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he actually does in the next, uh, optimistically, two years. Is, is it is it more sweet that he came from Nebraska? I think for some of our fan base, we kind of like that idea just because um, it just feels really good this week. Um, for me, hey, wherever you come from, if you're going to make plays like that, that, that's really the part I care about. Yeah, yeah. As you should, right? <laughs> So let, let's jump into score predictions, maybe. Like, what, sure. what do you expect, Matt? I mean, do you, do you expect a close game? Um, who do you have winning? And maybe, yeah, maybe just tell us uh, what you think is going to happen in Lincoln on Friday. You know what? If Adrian Martinez was actually playing, I, I probably would take you guys. I probably would say that uh, Nebraska in the game. Um, he is the exact type of quarterback that Iowa does not defend well even when they have a really, really good defense. I think Logan Smothers is a little bit more one-dimensional, though I, I don't really know. I've seen him in very limited act. That said, all your games are basically one-score games. Uh, I'm gonna, if I had to take a score prediction, it's going to be a, a one-score loss. Um, I think it's pretty safe to actually do against a, a ranked team. Um, let's call it a field goal. That's uh, really appropriate because I was going to give mine as a uh, 27-24 score game. I don't know which way that runs. Uh, (laughs) Although watching Nebraska kick field goals, I'm going to probably give that one to Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. So you were were talking about Logan Smothers kind of being like one-dimensional, and his strength is running. So has your guys' defense kind of struggled this year with like quarterbacks that are like scrambling quarterbacks? I think what's what we're going to see – on Saturdays, a lot of like designed quarterback runs and things like that with him. Have you guys kind of struggled with running quarterbacks or has it been more of like guys that can just drop a dime all over the field? Well, whatever Purdue does works well against us. You're in, you're out. So I don't <laughs> know, ask them, but uh, seriously speaking, I, I think it's a dual threat thing that we don't do well with. It's not somebody that just runs. It's somebody like Adrian Martinez that actually is, has a weapon in his feet, but also can throw the ball. Um, Logan Smothers, as I understand it, probably faster, better runner, but not as good of a passer. I think we'd be able to actually, you know, prevent that to a certain extent or slow it down. Um, But, you know, every time I say that about an Iowa uh, defense, they don't do it. So (laughs) Have you played any offenses that run any sort of triple option or option in general? Uh, I know that you guys have uh, been able to avoid Ohio State for the last like 10 years. Um, Congrats. Congratulations. <laughs> um, have you guys played any uh, offenses that do do use the option at all? I, I don't recall any really, but I mean, I watch a lot of Iowa not in years. Yeah, not okay. in years. Okay. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I thought, but I, I didn't remember. Yeah. Well, and so my my prediction is that I think Iowa's defense is going to kind of smell the blood in the water. I know I I know that you guys have had your struggles on offense, terrible struggles on offense, and we kind of have too. We we get a lot of yards in a game, but we can never actually execute within the twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I I wanted to say we were going to lose by quite a bit against Wisconsin, and we only lost by one score. So I think this year. I, or this year against Iowa, I think what I'm going to say is like a one score loss, just like you guys are maybe a touchdown, maybe a field goal. I'm not really sure, but I do think Iowa walks away with another win this year. What, what's the number? We need, we need a number. Nobody's oh, hit yet. God. Uh, I know. I think, I think I'm, what I'm going to say is like 28 to 21 Iowa. Okay. Can someone here get like, give me a Husker win prediction just like for my own sanity. Somebody <laughs> I'm I am. I am too. You are? No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. Okay. No so I think the streak ends. I think yeah. Logan Smothers does enough to win on Saturday. And, and let me tell you now, Matt, I don't pick us to win every game. Uh, I honestly think that Scott Frost probably should have been let go being 15 and 28 is unacceptable at any school let alone Nebraska. But I do think Nebraska can get it done because Iowa's lack of big plays 
I think their offense has uh, been very stagnant this year. Uh, Brian Ferentz, I know the the fan base in Iowa isn't uh, a big fan of that, but uh, I just would like to tell them that uh, just get used to it because Kurt is not going to fire his son, and the offense has been getting a little bit better with Alex Quesadilla as your quarterback. So um, I, I do think that Nebraska will make enough plays on offense, and I think our defense will play well enough to win the game. I, I, I don't think, and here's a, here's a hot take, I don't think special teams will be a factor in this game. I think it will actually go like, – it, it won't show up at all in this game. I don't there know why. Be, there won't be any big returns. Or, yeah, there's okay. not going to be big returns. Kicks. There's okay. not going to be block kicks. In my opinion, special teams will not be a factor in this game, and I don't know why I'm saying that because God knows we're <laughs> the worst and you guys are the best. But that's why I just feel like the Iowa-Nebraska game, no matter how good you guys are or you know, how good Nebraska is, it doesn't matter. They always play each other really close besides uh, Mike Riley's ice cream social sending him off that you guys did in 2017. But other than that, the teams always play each other close, no matter how good either team is. And I think Nebraska squeaks went out by, we'll, we'll say 21-17 Nebraska, because we don't make any field goals. Um, okay, so as we all know, Adrian is not playing. If any one of us know anything about Adrian, it's that he is a playmaker, not necessarily a uh, clutch. We'll we'll just say a game winner. He's not a winner. He's a he's a yeah. losing quarterback. It is what it is. Respect the guy. If he played his last game, you know he's going to have the most the most convoluted, complicated uh, resume of any Husker quarterback of all time. With him at the helm, we've had so many one score losses. I think Logan Smothers. He's going to come out. And he's going to have a very good game. And that's going to give Husker fans hope that he's going to be our starting starting quarterback next year, which I don't think will be the case. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's good enough. But I think this will be a game where he plays good and it's going to have everyone all excited. I think it's going to be 31 to 26, a one-possession win, finally. Because someone else is at the helm for a game, and it, it it'll be like the coming out party for Smothers, even though he won't be the starter next year, if that makes sense. And Matt, just to tell you, coming from Jared, who is the most negative, <laughs> what pessimistic, what? Neg- wait, negative wait, pessimistic wait. person on this podcast? Wait, what's Nebraska's record? Yeah, just I mean, saying. You're you're usually right. I have freaking evidence. I'm not just in a box in a vacuum here. Well, what you just said a little bit ago, you have no evidence to support that. I know, but I have evidence to s- support Adrian not being able to pull off close wins. Okay, so why not go for something? I, mean, new? I hate to. I hate to cut in here, but he, I'm pretty sure he predicted you guys six and six in the beginning of the season. So, I mean, it's not that negative. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I did predict six and six. I think uh, out of all the NBNRs, Rers, wasn't Eric also six and six, or was he seven and five? He might have been seven and five. I don't know. Yeah, I think the I think the general assumption was like seven and five. Yeah. So, you know, six and six, that's still pretty positive. Thank you, Hawkeye. No, he, he was helping you out there. He yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I know. That's yeah. why I said thank you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Connor, you gave yours. I mean, I you did. Yeah. And I, Matt, he, what was your score prediction one more time? I, I know you kind of cut out in, in the middle of some of what you were saying. Uh, what did you, what did you say the, the, the score would be? Yeah, I'm going to say 23 to 20. It's going to be a weird score that's going to be filled with field goals with the exception of Nebraska. They're actually going to miss an extra point. Nice. Love that. No. That's that's the opposite of what I think is going to happen. I think I think we're not going to attempt any field goals because Scott Frost doesn't trust Chase Contreras. Contreras the go. He made all his extra points. Iowa Western. Iowa Western kicker. Yeah. Well, uh, hot guy, Matt, give us, you know, just plug yourself. Like, where can our fans find you? Give all that info for us, please. I am found on Twitter at Hawkeye Matt. I've actually been a Hawkeye fan since the 90s. Um, so I, I know uh, one of the things that I really do like talking to uh, Nebraska fans about are, are the 90s. It's uh, something y'all are very, very receptive to. 
Um, <laughs> actually, when I found my fandom, um, I do remember you guys in a couple of uh, national championship games back in uh, 97 and 2001, I think. Also, one of the things that, that, that some, for whatever reason bothers me, when people talk about uh, 2015 kind of being the peak, I was at school during our peak, and that was 2002 to 2004. Three consecutive years when we actually finished number eight. Brad two Banks. of which we won the new. Yeah, Brad Banks in 2002. Um, won the Big Ten twice. So that, to me, was kind of the pinnacle of Iowa football. Obviously, since I left Iowa City, um, we have not done that again. Hey, neither have we, man. Neither have we. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Can you actually tell Scott Frost not to hire a, a special teams coach? Because that would really help us out. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to we, tell yeah, him we that. We don't need to tell him. He's, anyway. <laughs> He's not going to do it anyway. We, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate you coming on, talking some herky Hawkeye football. We appreciate it. Here, Here's to a Husker win, breaking the streak. Please, God. Please, God. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Appreciate Thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Hawkeye Matt, we want to thank you. Go follow him. You know, he's he's a he's a cool Iowa fan, I suppose, you know. He's all right. He's he's okay. He's good people. We want to thank him again for coming on the pod. Um, our listeners out there, go to our website, nbnrpodcast.com. We've got merch, merch, merch. All we the got, merch. We got cool t-shirts on there. Uh, special teams makes me drink shirts. If you saw that up in kickoff, you know what I'm talking about. Anywhere you get your podcast, anywhere you listen to your podcast, we got Apple Podcasts, we got Google Play, we got iHeartRadio, Spotify. I just made up some things. It doesn't even matter. Wherever we're at, we're on there. Give us a five star review. Give us a download. Give us a listen, please. And uh, go follow, like I said, go follow Eric Warfield and Hawkeye Mad. And uh, what else am I missing? Well, you should probably follow us as well. Oh, us, yeah. I guess. Follow us on Hot Twitter. Takes. Seems important at NBR Podcast. We're always tweeting things. Hopefully, it's all love this week because we're going to beat Iowa this week. So, it's all positive. Our fans love positive things, don't they? Sure do. Yeah. <laughs> they like they like close things, too. Think. Oh, God. Okay. There it is. Let's sign off. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Connor Cavillac. And before we officially sign off, I do want to send a congratulations to the leader of No Block, No Rock and his wife, Sarah, on the announcement of a baby girl entering the world. Congratulations, Mike Delaware. And uh, and yeah, so that's what I wanted to end on. Uh, I'm Kyle Byers. And as always, uh, Daddy Delaware beat Iowa <laughs> and GBR. <laughs>